0: Okay, we ready. Recording. Recording. Yep. Recording. Okay, here we go. It is oh, 201, bitch. <laughs> All right. In T minus 69, 68, 420. Welcome to episode four hundred sixty and seven of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host Clark Little, along with, me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He goes by the name of Russell John the Fisherman.
1: Oh, hey, what's up? How are y'all doing? You've been you've been a busy
0: little squirrel the past forty five minutes. God, I know, can't help it. But now, but now, guess what? All the hard work <laughs> has been put in the barn. Yeah. And now, you know, hay's in the barn, baby. Yeah, now we well, now we enjoy the fruits of that labor.
1: I um, I'm just trying to make sure I remembered everything. I've had little things that I wanted to bring up on the show that I just forget every week. One of them, two of them actually relate to my mom, which I'll I'll bring up right now. Yes, one she's like, you know, I disagree with Clark, uh-huh. and I was like, about what? And she's like, his take on Fraser. "So <laughs> <I was like, laughs> oh, salad and scrambled like, He got that tattoo because he can't keep it in his pants. Because my mom is a big fan of the Real Housewives of Insert Anywhere. Yeah. And uh, Kelsey Grammer had uh, convinced one of his wives, like you mentioned, he's on four now, to join the show. And he was like, oh, I'll be in New York as part of a play. Go have fun. You know, I'll be back. Well, he never came back. And he said, I'm leaving you. And she found out because I guess she tried to enter one of the buildings he owned. Yeah. And security guard was like, you can't come in. He's like, I'm Mrs. Grammer. And he was like, no, I know her, and you're not her. And she was like, well, I'm uh, married to him. <laughs> so she showed him his ID, her ID to get in the building. So my mom hates Kelsey Grammer because of that. Well, you know... <laughs>
0: Some people, they just, uh, they like to uh, put the dipstick in other oil
1: tanks. You got to get the tattoo, I guess. It's yeah. the only way to prevent it. Also, my mom said, th- again, there's no context out of the blue. Do you know what a dirty Sanchez is? Yes, I do. I, that was my, of course I do. What, do. what do you think? Yeah. I'm like, why are you asking me this? And then Oxon's like, I should probably listen to the podcast. So, again, I'm sorry. I'm failing at my job as a co-host of this podcast. We talk about film, and I somehow did not give context to the movie I watched, the Jackass uh, parody, parody of, without the spirit or heart, from the UK, called Dirty Sanchez. Yes, that is an act. I do believe it uh, involves having poop on a finger and putting it on a somebody's mustache. upper lip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now everybody's queued in. I'm sorry if that was confusing when I was talking well, about Well, I'm it glad more. that you fit all that in during your intro. <laughs> I just, again, I, a little frazzled, and I have a bunch of notes here. I have other things that I will hold on to. Yes, as you take another
0: sip of coffee, something you <laughs> desperately need. Also joining us not from Atlanta, Georgia, he is here in studio. It's been quite some time, but he's back. It's Randy Michaelstat on his birthday. Randy, happy birthday.
2: Hey, hey, thanks. yeah, it's been what year something L- less than a year, nine months. Well, in the words of Aaron Lewis, Randy. It's been's it's been a while. Thank you so much. I also have a late joke, uh, cause you brought up Fraser <laughs> Tosala and okay. Kelsey Grammer. Mm-hmm. Has Kelsey Grammer ever been anything with Tory spelling? <laughs> we'll see you next week. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an excellent question. I don't I think I just Tor- would love to see that on a poster. Grammar I,
0: grammar and spelling. Very nice. Like I that. don't I don't think she was in Money Plane. Okay. So never saw it. That would have been <laughs> the uh You never saw Money Plane? No. Well, uh Clark just figured out uh this afternoon's itinerary. <laughs>
1: Boom. Rush you in for
0: uh Randy Money Plane birthday screening.
1: You know, I googled Kelsey grammar and Tori spelling. Can you guess what the <laughs> what the first 3 things that popped up are? No. Uh, Kelsey Grammar and Tori Spelling, been married, <laughs> ever been married? Scientologist. Divorced. <laughs> huh. so I, I, it, let me click on one now. I'm now I'm interested. I mean, who would not be thrilled to go to
0: the spelling grammar wedding? <laughs> you <laughs> sounds know, sounds like homework to me. I mean, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: And with that, we're going to take you behind the wall over there, Oksana Valeriyevna Osachi. I. Oksana, what's going on? Uh, I
3: don't know. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I need three buckets of coffee.
0: And there we go. Oh my God. Oksana coming in hard with the tired mom energy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's not the baby. It's the cat.
0: Oh, oh, El Gato. Please explain.
3: She's turning into a bully. she knows that i don't want her to wake up cliff so she'll purposely walk right next to his head and start meowing until i feed her so i decided not to give in to her demands i just kicked her out this morning
0: yes there are some days where i uh i wake up early and there are days where i I come out of my room at six in the morning and i see Dottie just (laughs) staring at me and all the doors in the house are closed (laughs) And it's just me and her. It's a wonderful day, a wonderful way to start your day. <laughs> Seeing the most skittish cat I've ever been associated
1: with. She's bold now, dude. Staring she's, me down.
3: she's a bully now. I yeah. think the skittish is dying out, and she just she doesn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's bold. She yeah. She'll come down there. There'll be a bunch of people in the front room. She'll just walk around. It's like, who are you? Yeah.
3: I think my mom petted her for the first time yesterday.
1: Yeah, and again, the cat and her mom have lived together before. <laughs> this is the first time she's ever pet her. I
0: will say, Donnie and I did bond when uh, when you guys were away with uh, bringing Cliff into the world at the mm-hmm. hospital. Because uh, it was me and her f- for, what?
1: A week. A week?
0: It was yeah. a while. Yeah. Uh, that has dissipated. And uh, our original relationship has uh, has gone back into play.
3: Where she'll just she'll stare into your room? Yeah. And judge?
0: Yeah. She was nice for a while, and that ended.
1: When she thought it was just <laughs> me. Uh, well, you did spin it into a professional career of cat sitting. Uh, uh, strike that from the record. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the cat didn't make it? That would be stricken from oh, the record. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, other things I wanted to bring up. Randy, it is your birthday, and I... I don't think Clark told you this. I hope he didn't. We contacted the Criterion Channel, and we got one of your (laughs) favorite movies added. Of course, they're late to the game because they're hacks, and they don't know art until we tell them. And they added Unfriended to the streaming service. Oh.
2: What the fuck is that? I saw that. They have a uh, high school horror subsection (laughs) of uh, the Criterion Channel. What else is on there? Uh, I forget, but a bunch of Suspiria, I think, is on there. Okay. Uh, There's a couple other things that I've already seen before.
1: I don't... You know, part of me... Wolfpack? Yeah, (laughs) Wolfpack. Part of me thinks,
2: like, what's wrong with you? You should be happy.
1: Like, this is a movie you've championed forever. And now Criterion, you know, the gods of cinema have finally cast a beam down on it. And yet I'm just grumpy. Well, I think that it... Unfriended has always has always been one
0: of those titles that uh, the highbrow community has has latched well, onto. Not to.
1: when it came out. I remember going to the theater and reading reviews, and people were like, "This is like you know lowbrow." I don't know. I think uh, Unfriended now I- the horror community too, because a lot of people were saying that the kills were really shitty, which hmm. you can make an argument for. Like, they were shittier in two. Well, hand in a blender, kind of you know. But I liked hand in a blender. Me too. Yeah. I, also, I liked yeah. part two. I you rewatched it. I though. rewatched two yeah.
0: And I liked it. Well, actually, I th- I think this is the third time I've watched two now because I watched it in oh. the theater, and then I remember when I first uh, when we first got in this house, I watched it, and then um, <laughs> that was like three because I just remember it was like three four yeah. years ago, and I watched it again yesterday, and uh, different ending every time. I think I think I've seen all the different endings now. I
1: swear there was only two. I thought there were three. Maybe maybe there was one on VOD. They added another ending.
0: Or maybe, you know, I'm just uh saw some sort of ghost <laughs> phantom ending. God. So I saw some fan film.
1: Yeah, but I dug I dug too. I liked how they had like the urban legend of the dark web. It's like all you boomers don't know what it is, so we're just gonna make it up.
0: I will say I enjoyed it more this time. Um, I don't know. I think it was just the expectation, and I really appreciate I just I liked the supernatural element of the first one. Yeah. And we don't and we kind of have that. But it's more of an orchestrated. um, You know what it felt to me? It felt more of like uh, a better version of Paranormal Four.
1: Oh, but Paranormal Four—the one with my uh, uh, connect. Yes. Okay.
0: Because Four is all about you know the secret coven of witches, Mm -hmm. and and this is all about the uh, Illuminati. Yeah, basically the (laughs) Cherons. Yeah, the Charons or whatever. Oh, the Cherubs, which are which are (laughs) gatekeepers of hell, I think. But yeah, I, I don't remember. Uh, but that. I did like that they had their own like um their own little dark web. You know, the river. Yeah, yeah. And uh,
2: we we float down the pixelated river. Randy,
0: did you ever see uh the uh the second one dark web?
2: Uh, I believe so, yeah. I think I saw it close to when it came out. Yeah, I don't remember I if I saw it, was it. Out in theaters or not.
0: I liked it better the second time.
2: Um
0: I and also I remember being infuriated with the um the storyline with uh the deaf girl and the developer boyfriend who made an app that uh he could talk to her but he couldn't understand her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I actually But then I yeah, yeah. I, from a narrative side, I appreciated that.
4: Yeah.
0: I just think from a um <laughs> just in the real world making film digestible yeah, yeah it, i don't know yeah, yeah. It, it feels a little I, bit I, like a yeah my i feel like i have uh, i've softened on my uh, critiques
1: with it and it was it was fairly entertaining well you know what we'll decide if we like it after the gods judge it and maybe it will end up on the criterion channel also then we'll redact these reviews and come back and be like it's perfect
0: i don't know this uh <laughs> two feels more um to
1: Yeah. It would be good to be, though.
0: To be or criterion.
1: Um, The age-old debate. Was that it? Again, happy birthday, Randy. Um, Hell yeah. Man, we got a lot on here. Yeah, Randy is 27, once again. (laughs) 27 Club, dude. Forever. All right. You know, I've been thinking about it, and I'm like, I feel like we should start teasing the movies we're going to talk about up top. Oh, is that what you want to do? (laughs) Spend more, just waste more time to talk about something (laughs) we're going to talk about in five minutes? Read through all of them. Um... Yeah, we don't need to do that. We got a lot going on. Uh, yeah, it's already been a, a fairly long record day. I know it's been a long week. October is always a long month, yeah. but it's fun in hindsight. Yeah, so let's let's
0: wrap this up. Let's give Randy a proper birthday present. Yeah, in a forty-five minute episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, um, Randy. Yeah. Part of your birthday. This is the real present we got. David Lynch is back, and he flew in. So, oh, shit. I don't oh. think you've ever been here in the room with him. That's true.
2: Right. No, I do have uh, something to say on the, the David Lynch front, though. Uh-huh. Uh, our good friend Robbie Smith is very on my side about Inland Empire. Oh, okay. Yeah, wait, wait, is there? Is that like a hot take? I don't know. You guys always make fun of me since I've seen it four <laughs> times, so I just had to bring it up. Inland Empire
1: is one of those movies that it's like you're in college and you do a couple drugs and you watch it and you're like, this is real art. I um, I like Inland Empire. Yeah, I don't know. Hell yeah. Also, yeah. using
0: using Robbie as a defense I know. for liking a movie.
1: <laughs> Wait, okay, so Robbie, you know, I feel bad. I completely forgot that Terror Films had a, uh, or actually, I think it was Kings of Horror on YouTube, yeah. did a live stream of grief. And uh, did you all see Robbie's story? No. He, he took a screenshot of the chat. And again, Robbie the whole time was just like, yeah, I'm excited to go watch people rip my fucking movie while we're watching it, <laughs> like just roast it. And he took a screenshot of all people having fun. And he was like, hey, this is a chat where uh, people were saying, um, you know, don't take the vaccine. and Like all these all this kind of colorful language. And he's like, by the end, everybody was really friendly. And it seemed like people enjoyed the movie. He said um, people started sharing experiences of their friends who had uh, committed suicide. He's like, I actually started yeah. crying at the end of it. So yeah. Kings of Horror, who knew, bringing people together, That's but uh, you know, one up suicide to... at a time, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, Oksana, as uh, the only producer behind a computer today, can you pull up when Grieve is going to be playing out here? Again, Robbie booked. If you're in the Bay Area, he booked the New Parkway, and uh, he, I believe, he'll be here in person to show the film. Yeah,
3: it's it, going to be November sixth.
1: November sixth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I talked
0: to Rob uh, when they locked that date down. He messaged me on Instagram and said it was my gray carpet debut. Oh yeah! And I was
1: like, yeah, you're gonna make me go. Uh, you're gonna dude. make me cross a bridge for this shit, dude. Are you gonna sign posters out there? Clark Little will be there. We're tr- actually we're trying to book him. It's not confirmed yet, but he is the uh, very popular. A lot of great reviews on your radio personality.
0: Yeah, but the, the fact that he's gonna make me cross this bridge <laughs> <laughs> to go to a damn movie and sit on a
1: beanbag on a Monday. Oh, it's a be- it's the beanbag theater. It well, here's the thing. Robbie,
2: I think it's hybrid. I think they have some real seats too. It is—it's it is, oh. beanbag and couch. But here's the thing: there's
1: two theaters. There's the big one yeah. where there's couches and I've like never regular been chairs. Over there. And there's—you may love it or you may want to burn it down. Yeah, I'm not, it is I'm very. Taking the ladder. Well, they do have like beers on draft, and it is kind of hip. Beers on draft. Yeah, so it may be like it may make you embarrassed how you it is. What do you prefer? Do you prefer beer on draft or a girls on film? I girls on film oh excellent Big Duran, Duran van excellent. um and porn Van Hey <laughs> uh yeah so yeah come check that out uh we still gotta get our tickets um uh anything else I I'm, think I'm good. the talent I've be given a ticket a so virtual sure. will happen I God you know here's the problem you work on something you fail to promote it and it, you know does a tree fall in the woods it's <laughs> happening in November Oksana do you have the dates again?
3: To be confirmed. <laughs> okay, to be
1: confirmed. Uh,
3: November seventeenth and eighteenth.
1: Yeah, twenty-four hours. We're doing it again. Um, Road I, for tea games. I'll <laughs> I'll promise. Yeah, everything. Um, I'll promise to update more. And let me make a note of that. Uh, f- <laughs> a reminder. Okay. Well, David's been waiting outside the door. Let's go ahead and bring him in. <laughs> Good morning. It's October 22, 2023, and it's a Sunday, day two, of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling, today. I'll be heading to the dining car, where I'll be ordering a pumpkin spice coffee. I'll be taking some time to reflect on my new lease on life. Apparently, Pighead Chuck was in cahoots with a puppet on a tricycle. They placed me in a trap, but I escaped so quickly that I think I made the puppet depressed. I'm going to try and speak with him later today. Anyway, today, in the theater car, I will be binging the Saw movies. Everyone, have a great day, dude. That pumpkin spice coffee's got him jacked up. He's just like f- shooting through it. He is in the spirit. Like, yeah, <laughs>
0: he's talking. He's he's gonna have a summit on the mount with Billy later, dude. I don't
1: even think he knows his name. Also, the you poppin'. know, here's the thing. I completely forgot, Randy. Congratulations on escaping the trap. Apparently, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess David Lynch got out too. That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, and then my trap uh, went off without a hitch. I <laughs> I suffered through, I believe, eight hours with Benji on the warp dimension. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think he may have recorded it. I think they have a Patreon if you want to go back and watch it. Uh, Terrell and I were very drunk and hijacked the show. It was incredibly fun. And I think there are more people in this building <laughs> than on that stream. Yeah, and by building you mean home. Yeah, in because this home <laughs> we we do live in a house, not a uh, a fucking club. We live in an Amityville cult house now.
0: Well, yeah. So last night, while well, uh, you 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 were doing the live stream thing, and uh, there was a party happening, uh, a lot of people coming up for the for the 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 uh, Halloween party, and. Uh, there was a person who thought they were going into this room and walked right into oh. my fucking room. Were you?
1: What were you doing?
0: Watching a movie that I'm
1: about to talk about on the show. <laughs> who, who
0: walked in? I don't know, but then five minutes later she came back up and apologized. Oh. I'm like, okay, just don't. Come okay, up I here. think I know.
1: Yeah. You sure you didn't order her? No. <laughs> so again, great party last night. <laughs> That's so good. So fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's like your worst nightmare. What did you do? Well, I I thought it was you being an idiot. Oh, no. Why
4: would I know better than well, that. Well,
1: see, no, you you
0: didn't, but you did learn. <laughs> you used to barge in my room all the time in this fucking house. Only if the door's cracked. No, no, you've learned. You've already 100. forgotten. I've that's already, fine. I've that's okay. It out of my mind. Yeah, yeah but uh, and I just and I just went what? And then I was like, oh, I don't even know who <laughs> you are. <laughs> Damn. She's like, oh, I'm
1: so sorry. I was like, okay, leave. That's so funny. This door was, like, open. How do you not hear the people in yeah, there? Yeah, and mine was shut. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Actually, I don't think the door was open, but we were being pretty loud. So, all right. Well, after uh, Clark's trauma, maybe you were a victim of a saw trap, dude. Maybe Billy was getting you <laughs> preemptively. <laughs> um. Okay, well, oh, yeah, saw Billy. Fuck. Uh. Let's let him in, too. Uh, all right, Randy, go open the door.
4: I want to play a game, a game of wits, a game of anticipation, a game of two sentences. It's time for two sentence horror story live or die.
0: This song is a certifiable <laughs> banger, dude. It's
1: so good. All right, well, again, uh, Billy, he does want to play a game, so two sentence horror stories, it will be a game. Billy's gonna read the first sentence. Again, you all have to predict what will be following. Not uh, only predict, just give a fucking answer. <laughs> again, our current track record. Again, we have like what three chances every week. So we're kind of <laughs> 0 for nine, 0 for 8, because Randy no. was in a, a trap last I've week. I've
0: delivered but... an answer every week. Thank no, you very but much. None of them have none been. None of them correct. right. None yeah. of them right. Um all right, Billy. I feel
1: like we've gotten close. All right, are you all ready? Again, the strict limit. We're not playing it 84 times. Uh, Billy doesn't like talking that much. I all do right?
0: like to hit be at hurt again.
1: Okay. Are you all ready?
0: It helps for context.
4: All right, go ahead, Billy. The zombification process was taking hold as my doctor entered the room.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: All right, you got
1: a guess? I go last. Okay, Randy Oksana?
2: Randy first. <laughs> Birthday boy. It was taking hold of... Every part of my body except for my
1: penis. (laughs) I appreciate the answer. But Randy, if you keep that up, you're going to end up in another trap again. Oksana, you got something?
3: Uh, Can I hear it one more time? That's
4: a fair question. All right, fine. Billy? The zombification process was taking hold as my doctor entered the room.
3: Um... (laughs) It helped to quiet down the God. I never mind. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> God, you're overthinking it. Just all what? you have to do is say a sentence. That's all you have to do.
3: It was about time she shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Excellent.
1: Hey, what? How did you come from like a complete withdrawal halfway through the sentence? You like redacted yourself. To like an actual good answer.
3: I had different parts of sentences floating around. Yeah, she just oh had her
1: way. God. She just oh, had right. to make it clear. All right, Clark, you got one. Do okay, it one you more time. Hear it,
4: again? it
0: helps. It helps for the.
4: All right, all right, Billy, you know. The zombification process was taking hold as my doctor entered the room.
0: And he said, "Who
1: farted?"
4: Okay, <laughs> 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 idiot.
1: Okay, all right, all right, Billy, you ready to roll the whole thing out?
4: Here we go. The zombification process was taking hold as my doctor entered the room. She says there is a cure, but unfortunately, my policy doesn't cover it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Billy, dude. God damn it. Well. What? What are you gonna say?
0: At least we're away from from uh, some sort
2: of uh,
1: incestuous plot this week. What, Bi- Billy? Uh, you don't look too good, dude. What's going on, man? Oh. Oh God.
4: <laughs> uh, I don't know if you could tell, but I didn't try very hard this week. I'm a failure. All three of my traps failed to kill. John would always talk about how his traps were meant to motivate people to live, and the goal was for them to escape, but it's just not any fun. All right. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) he, He looked
1: pretty depressed. I think David got to him. So is he done? <laughs> and I don't know. Oh, maybe David will give him a pep talk or something. Okay,
0: because uh, Billy, we got another week in October, so <laughs> <I know>.
1: and <laughs> well, it's the Halloween episode. Yeah. Well, so, uh, what's Randy, going on, dude? Randy, you really should have just died. I think should have. You would have missed your birthday. The show. <laughs> for the sake of the... just so Billy would be happy, I he needed one. Yeah. And we have to have David. I mean, we paid his one. I mean, I could have died. I almost did on that fucking stream. I mean. <laughs> I mean, there's something, so what Benji would do is show these movies on VHS, but it's so, like, unappealing in a Zoom live stream. Like, the quality is kind of the aesthetic, you know, it's all about that, but it's being filtered through a Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, doubly brutal. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, I'm into that shit, but it's hard to, like, get into it. Yeah. Yeah. We spiced it up, though. Well, you know. I wasn't about to die.
0: What, do you think there's gonna be normal things happening in the warped dimension, dude? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It is true. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Billy and company, for that. That was uh that was fantastic. <laughs> so now we're gonna turn the tables over to it not even Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> we're gonna turn the tables Across the table. The literally across the table to Randy Michael's stamp. Uh now Randy, uh you know, we're going to talk about a couple of movies that we uh, we saw together. Oh um, yeah, you had quite the weekend over at the uh, Alamo Draft House. I did. Did you take in what three pictures over there?
2: Three. Yeah, two mm-hmm. on Friday and yeah, the one with you on Saturday. Oh uh, yeah, Throwing one Friday, one Saturday. You That's caught right. two on Friday. I did. Oh boy. All right. So uh, Randy, take it away. Yeah. Besides the uh, the ones that we that I saw out here. Uh, I hadn't watched a ton uh as last week I was out but uh, my my parents were in town so we went out and uh did a little road trip to Savannah, Georgia, which is oh, very nice. Savannah? Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> a nice city. We uh yeah, we were only gone for like uh 2 days, but um I've not really watched a ton, but I did want to watch the new Mike Flanagan show called The Fall of the House of Usher. Which is apparently based on uh, Edgar Allan Poe stories. What you mean? Apparently, you've never heard of the Fall of the House of Usher? Bro? I hadn't. No, dude. I'm not a big Poe head. Ch- <laughs> <You're-> <laughs> I thought you were a Poe boy, dude. Right? Yeah, dude, <laughs> you should be a Poe boy, dude. You're a bad golf, dude. I don't know much about literature, dude. I don't know uh, Roald Dahl. I don't know Poe.
0: Yeah, you don't know Roald Dahl. Yeah. You don't know Poe. Those know
2: are nothing. those are
0: those are the two boys,
2: dude. <laughs> they're 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 good, dude. Uh, apparently, f- I think Flanagan directed four episodes, and then Michael Fassbender, f- Fimonari directed the other four. Who uh, the hell is that? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mostly like uh, Flanagan's stuff. I really loved uh, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass I mean, is great. Midnight Mass, Mass is great. Hill uh, House, I think, is pretty good, too. Um, so, yeah, this pretty much has a lot of the same cast of the stuff that he's done uh, for Netflix. Um, Carla Gugino, uh, Kate Siegel, um, are the ones that I kind of recognize the most. Um, but I'm sure there's others who he's probably worked with before. Bruce Greenwood's in this. Zach um, Guilford. Yeah. Friday Night Lights. Um, everyone in it is really good. Uh, essentially, the you know, it's like about this very big, rich pharmaceutical family that you know, is uh, corrupt and shitty people. It's kind of like a uh, a spooky Succession, I guess you would say. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for I've never watched more than two episodes of Succession. I will say
0: there are a few things on this planet that are scarier than old money. Yeah. So that's always a good premise. Um, New money every day, baby.
2: There's there's some decent horror stuff in here. I will say overall, tonally, it felt kind of weird to me. I don't know. I, I think I just wasn't really as into sort of what they were going for here and, you know, the whole pharmaceutical thing. It's like we've had a lot of uh, shows depicting how shitty pharmaceutical stuff is recently. And then, like I said, it's also got the sort of like succession vibes of watching shitty people in this case die. Um, So each episode is kind of like about a different character in the family and sort of like how they reach their demise, essentially. And they're all kind of, you know horror adjacent uh there's some supernatural elements stuff like that uh but yeah i i, I kind of wish i liked this more than i did um i think some people are are digging it i think i saw thomas burke really dug it on uh on letterboxd but yeah i don't know this one not not entirely a miss but probably a solid three out of five for me did you watch the whole thing i did yeah it's like eight hours dude i know three out of five on the 12 is what uh, I don't know, like a 7.
1: Okay. Yeah. 7, heavens. seven
2: out of 12. Yeah, I don't know, I, maybe the uh, the genre of genre. Uh, shitty rich people, t- television isn't a thing for me.
0: <laughs> well, that's a shame, because Succession is one of the greatest pieces of television we've ever been given.
2: That's what I've heard, but I don't know. It felt tedious in like the first two episodes that I watched.
0: Randy, because you have to give it time to develop and age and mature.
2: Nah.
0: It's television. That's what it's built for. You have to have patience with television. I've been telling you this ever since you were a child, Randy. I watched a lot of television. I watched eight hours of this show. Yeah, you did. And did did it take time for everything to develop? Of course it did. Not really.
2: I think I like of the first episode more do. than most of the episodes. <laughs> okay. I think I like <laughs> the first and the last episodes the most. He's being contrarian on his birth. Bookends, <laughs> book ends, baby. He's
1: allowed to do that. That's fine.
2: But yeah, that's that. And then I saw... Uh, How's Greenwood? Does he bring it? He does. Yeah, and I heard he was brought in late, actually, because someone else played that part whose name I'm forgetting, and something happened, and they had to replace him. So Bruce, Bruce Greenwood came in late, and I think they... Had to do a bunch of reshoots. We've
0: well, worked with Flanagan before.
2: I think so, right? Yeah,
0: yeah well, that, uh, what's that movie I didn't like where they get chained in a bed and then there's uh, oh, the like giant uh, weird face guy?
2: That's right.
0: Gerald's Game. Yeah. Stephen King Maybe. property. Yeah, that's stuck. true. That movie yeah. stunk.
2: Doctor Sleep, however, rips. <laughs> Great oh, movie.
0: A fart. It's good. It's fine. We'll I see did. you next week.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen the director's cut still. Yeah, me either. Yeah, I was uh, editing last week's episode, and I roughly skipped over most of Clark's review of <laughs> Anatomy of a Fall because I wanted to see it, and I uh, ended up seeing that when I got into town on Friday. I think I did a... It was a 225 screening. I flew in Ooh, my very one. early, uh, and yeah, I didn't really have much much to do, and uh, you know walked around the city a little bit, got some food, and I was like, might as well do the thing that I like doing most, which is seeing movies and spending all day in a theater in San Francisco. So yeah, I saw Anatomy of a Fall. Like I said, Clark talked about last week. Um, And I thought it was also very good. It's a, you know, like two and a half-ish courtroom sort of like drama um, about Sandra Hewler's character uh, from Tony Airdman, which Clark and I both loved. Haven't seen him since the First and only time I've seen it, but I would want to revisit it. It's a twelve-star film, indeed. Uh, but yeah, she, out of five. she's really good in this, and uh, yeah, it's basically—I don't know if I need to go through the plot again. But yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really interesting to sort of seeing yet yeah, a court proceeding in a in a different country, and there's literally like a scene where they're talking about like literature and stuff, and like the judge kind of calls it out. He's like, "This doesn't really apply to it," but it's just it—it it felt very more. Buttoned up and more intellectual than something you would see in a United States courtroom. For whatever reason, maybe that's just me being biased to thinking that Europeans are are better than us. But yeah, that that's a hundred percent. Yeah,
0: I, di- I didn't think that was more. I I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah, like, uh,
2: some of the outfits and stuff too. Maybe yeah. The,
0: the weird thing that caught me off was the like panel discussions that would happen. You yeah. know, when you're interrogating the key witness then they can go and interrogate the defendant yeah in the same uh, yeah I was like what do we do with
2: yeah that was kind of weird yeah I, guess. I didn't yeah. like that at all yeah but yeah I don't know I don't, it's, it's so I would never commit a crime in France <laughs> a very European uh like I was telling Clark after I saw it it's very European up until inc- and up until and including the rather unsatisfying ending which I kind of expected but uh yeah it's good i don't think it really like you know it doesn't reinvent the wheel for this type of of genre but i don't know all the all the pieces in place are pretty good all the acting is pretty good
0: now randy i'll poke why, why do you say that this was a, it was an unsatisfactory ending
2: i guess if you're like looking for closure. An, a, an answer or closure yeah
0: now, randy uh, friend you know as you enter your 35th year on this planet <laughs> i don't mean to tell you but uh that comes at a premium yeah you know, we, we don't, thank you so much, <laughs> we don't always get, you know, the clear answer. And I think that's what, I, to me, that's what this been, movie was. Yeah, and,
2: and if you did find out, it could have been a shitty, like, twist situation, too. So that could have potentially ruined it as well.
0: Yeah, see, I think, yeah, I, I think that, you know, that's why I like films like this, because it does kind of uh, reprogram our Shyamalan brains a little bit. Yeah, You know sure. what I mean? And that's what I appreciated. With um, just sort of the purpose of this film is just highlighting uh, the complexities of life yeah. and the nuances of a marriage and relationships and uh, you know with your you know spouse, children, uh, former college lover turned lawyer, <laughs> whatever the case may be. It's like that. It's Nothing is as black and white as we want it to be or need it to be, especially in a legal situation. And so, yep. uh, I I think that you know, no, we didn't get the clear answer, and and yeah, there is a little bit of a um, mystery, mystery for end. sure. Yeah. Uh, but I will say when uh, when you know because they bring the kid back up and they they is uh, their son is blind and he was the only witness to the um, to
2: when He's he, only, like, he found his partially father partially blind though right. I think he's pretty damn blind. Well, there's the scene where he's playing <laughs> piano and he has the iPad with the music that he's reading.
0: It's a Braille version, iPad. <laughs> yeah, it's a new technology. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because he because when he came across the, he felt it. You know, he didn't see the dead body. He bumped into it. I think. Yeah, no,
2: I was, I was, sort of confused on that too because of mostly because of that scene with the piano playing. Yeah, because yeah, he had the iPad with. Music and it looked like he was reading the music. He could, but, uh, I don't know.
0: He could play the piano now.
2: And he did a very long walk with the dog. And
0: but he's got the dog.
2: Yeah. Who suppose.
0: he who he later poisoned <laughs> as a test.
2: Yeah, that was interesting too.
0: Oh, I got I got scared in that scene. Yeah. I same. Didn't wa- oh man.
2: I thought it was gonna make didthedogdie.com. dot com.
0: Oh, it almost did. I it was uh it was flatlining, <laughs> but they brought him back. Um,
1: it would still make the website.
2: They would put a dog
1: with poison trigger in, warning.
0: Yeah, yeah. situation. No, he just gave yeah. he just gave the dog a bunch of aspirin, and it kind of knocked it out. But uh, they brought it back to life. But yeah, so when when they brought the son back and to uh, to testify, yeah. and he told that story, like yeah that that got me. Yeah, Sam, yeah, that was good. But uh, yeah, no excellent excellent movie.
2: Yeah, that was good. Out of twelve, what do you get? Nine or ten, I guess. You have
0: to decide, Ren. Make a choice. Uh, we'll go oh, nine. Oh. You didn't round up, dude? I guess not, no. Damn. It was French. What else do you need, man? Yeah, right. That's a good question. Nine, 12 Excellent.
1: Does the dog die? Uh, No, but the dog is deliberately poisoned at one stage. It's already there. Nice. And stops breathing. He is revived and recovers fully. Yep. Yep. Uh, you're <laughs> that got 7 no votes.
3: <laughs>
1: what the f fu- I don't understand. Dude. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> they're very uh litigious yeah. here. They yeah. have a French court oversee does the dog <laughs> die. Right. <laughs> they dress like <laughs> Balenciaga Santa Clauses. They look exactly like they did in this film except they're furries in that outfit. Oh. They're all different animals. i back in. Yeah. They uh hold the scales of justice. All right.
2: (laughs) Speaking of Scales of Justice, that's a tease for another movie that Clark will talk about later, which is also a courtroom drama. Yeah! But yeah, uh, what was that? Yesterday morning, 10.30 a.m., went back to the Alamo to go see a a three-and-a-half-hour movie directed by Martin Scorsese called Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, based off of the book of the same title, which... I started reading because uh, I'm a hack and I only read books that are movies <laughs> or vice versa. Uh, How was
0: Cuties the novel, by the <laughs> way? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was great. Really, uh, y- you get to use your imagination a little more, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Damn,
4: dude.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I started reading the book a couple of days ago and I'm only like 80 pages in, but uh, it's very dense, as is uh, this movie. But um, You say the movie's dumb? No, there's a lot of uh, things happening, a lot of information. I feel like the, the, you know, the runtime, although it is long, it does move and it does feel like it uses, you know, it's, it's runtime pretty well. There's a lot going on here. It's very sort of a complex story, but uh, yeah, basically it is about the Osage Nation uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, So I think they had like relocated there from wherever they were before. And, uh, yeah, they, you know, set up shop in Oklahoma. And sometime early on, they discover that the land that they landed on uh, is rich with oil. So the Osage, uh, community essentially becomes very rich. Um, yeah, to just make, make a ton of money, um, off the oil. And of course, Whitey comes in and sets <laughs> up shop. And, uh, you know, uh, Robert De Niro plays sort of, I don't even remember his. His character's name, really, I'm bad at characters, and I'm good at actors' names. I'm the opposite of Russell, yeah, William Hale. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in and sets up shop, and uh, he's like, people seem to sort of respect him, or at least kind of maybe did at one point, it seemed like, at one, for a little bit. Oh, de Niro's character, yeah, everybody respected him, yeah because he he had the town in his pocket
0: essentially he yeah. he had the local government in his pocket and um and also the thing with him is that he's a smart businessman, sure and by doing that he he understands who his people are and um yeah. and he catered to them, so he catered to. Uh, the tribe, but he was also exploiting them beyond. Yeah, incredibly. Yeah. yeah, and it was just you know the biggest snake in the grass. Yeah, in the world, but for the most part, you know the, the leaders of the tribe, they yeah, it they seemed like it was they, pretty in, they trusted him yeah. implicitly. You know.
2: Yeah. Um. But but, yeah. Then, uh, you know, uh, Robert De Niro, um, is Leonardo DiCaprio's character's uh uncle. And so Leo, who goes by Ernest Burkhart, comes in, um, and essentially, you know, becomes uh, corrupted by by his uncle. And he comes in and sort of, you know, takes or- takes orders from him uh, for things. And then he ends up um, getting with uh, Lily Gladstone's character, and um, they get they get married. And essentially, you know, uh, Robert De Niro's basically saying like, Hey, if I bring my family in here. And they all get married to these uh, very wealthy Osage women. Uh, Eventually, when they die, wink, wink, uh, we will inherit all the money and the land and everything. So um, that essentially, you know, maybe two hours in, that prompts uh, Lily Gladstone's character and some of the other Osage community to go to Washington, D.C. And they say, like, hey, we think something's, like, going on here. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of people dying. It seems sketchy. It seems fucked up. And that essentially, essentially apparently, <laughs> is the start of the FBI. So the FBI comes to town. Uh, Jesse Plemons plays uh, sort of like the main FBI detective who, who shows up and sort of um, starts trying to see what's going on. So the,
0: the newly created FBI. Yeah.
2: Yeah, apparently this was like the birth of the FBI, apparently. Or CIA.
0: FBI, is, I think. Is it FBI? It's yeah. FBI. Okay. There we go,
2: but yeah, I wonder if they get sort of more into like the creation of the f b i uh in the book, you yeah, know, that was the comes, thing it's the like FBI. we barely touched it, I know, I felt like you probably could make a mini eight hour long mini series of this and like still have like enough shit to fill out, you know
0: that was the thing that was strange to me is like when you when you read anything in the movie, it always did mention about the whole f b i thing it's
2: barely touched, yeah. He kind of just shows up. He's like, I'm with the FBI. Yeah. Like, who?
0: And, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, continue. Yeah. No, I'll I mean, that's that.
2: that's basically it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, feels sort of like, um, a Scorsese sort of like a, like a, it feels sort of like a mob thing, you know, but like set in a different setting and, you know, a whole different set of characters and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm uh, in the bag, one would say, for Scorsese movies, so I'm, I'm always going to go check out the new Scorsese movie. I don't know, when it comes to like his later movies, I think this is probably maybe tied-ish with Irishman. I think I would say I like Silence more oh yeah. than um, this or Irishman, but Silence is also sort of a, a tough rewatch as well, as I'm looking at the poster that Clark has in this room. It's a great poster. But, yeah, no, I I, I really enjoyed it. Beautifully framed, poster. Thanks again, Russ. Hell, yeah. And Terrell.
1: Thanks he did a good job on that, yeah. Oh, Terrell did that one? Or Mikey, I don't know. Shout out to Michaels.
2: Be one go cup. <laughs> <laughs> go see Killers of Flower Moon in theaters uh, if slash while you can. It is a Apple Plus production or whatever, so it will end up on your TV eventually. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would watch this at home, really. Yeah, it's, it it wouldn't be as impactful, and yeah, you know, it's just it's just so easy to get, especially in three and a half hours, to get uh <laughs> find distracted, something else to do. You know, yeah. here's my thing. It was good. I'm glad I watched
0: it, and now it's over, and I probably won't think about it much more. Any, really, yeah. Um. So do y'all recommend I watch it? No. <laughs> no, I I don't. Why think, not, dude? No, because dude, it, I love cinema. No, because here's fan. here's the thing. Here's what I liked about it. Here's what I like about it. I look. Also, we,
2: the ending—it's pretty good.
0: I'll get to the ending. i, I wanna, you know, I love a scam. <laughs> I love a scam, and that's what at the heart of this movie—that's what we have—is we have a scam that exploits an entire race of people. <laughs> yep.
4: um,
0: and also, to Randy's point about the whole—the whole thing is about white men marrying uh, the Osage women. And then getting, you know, they have to be full-blooded. That's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. They're full blood, so they got their full rights. And uh, that's, you know, that means they get full oil money. And so it's all, you know, white men marrying these women and basically getting their money. Uh, Jason Isbell, who shows up, um, who's a, uh, a country and folk music superstar, um, he and Sergio Silver in the film they do a great job, uh, but he he's an example of of um, you know these uh, these honky devils uh, getting in there and uh, stealing these uh, the rights. But the other part of this is is the the epidemic amongst uh, the Osage tribe at the time, and uh, I think it was I think it's an issue in and with a lot of Native Americans is you know diabetes. And so that was a huge part of this movie uh, was um, Ava Gladstone's character um, having diabetes and... Uh, Sounds
1: lame as fuck. <laughs> huge and, part of this movie and is then, diabetes. And
0: then poisoning her. Oh, my God.
1: Like the that, dog that, in the other movie. That, yes, that she, <laughs> that she stays sick. But she pulled through.
0: Leonardo is, is really good in this. I think, And like I was telling Randy after the movie, I think he's best when he's playing stupid.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he's really good at playing dumb, and um, he's 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 great. De Niro's great because De Niro's sort of restrained, and he does a very good job of playing an evil white man that has just puts on a very good facade, and that was sort of his thing. Is like you know, um, I, I imagine there were people in this movie watching and they're thinking he was the good guy for half the movie. Um, I could totally see that, uh, and um, yeah. So I mean, there, it's 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 fine. It's just solid. It's good. It's strong, but it's nothing that uh, was sort of revolutionary. It always it does kind of follow the same kind of plot as you know any other giant crime laden Scorsese movie, yeah. um, which I'm not saying is is bad. I like that formula. It's just more of this uh, in Oklahoma in the 1920s and 30s. Um, which looks great on film. Um, and to Randy's point, at the end, now the ending I enjoyed so much that it bothered me <laughs> that it wasn't more in the movie and that we didn't book in the movie for just in the ending. So, Russell, the movie ends and uh, we tie everything together. Narrative. Again, three and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we tie everything together in the end with a... 1940s 1950s classic radio show where we have uh but it's in it's a live audience Mm -hmm. and we have like an orchestra on stage and they're doing live sound effects and they've got all the actors coming in reading and that's where larry fessenden shows up as one of the actors in the radio show as they're as they're then telling it as part of a you know a giant uh you know, court case that happened a few years prior. And uh, Scorsese actually closes the movie um, as himself, as one of the actors reading Mm -hmm. um, everything. And I loved that. I loved the whole radio play thing. Um, And I I just don't know why we just ended with it. It just seemed kind of incomplete. I didn't know Jack White was there. (laughs) I
2: didn't either. I didn't see that after the movie. The
1: radio show actor. God. Yeah, I don't know. You Pat know, Haley also shows up. I gotta be honest. Um, I'm in a weird position because I feel like uh, there's a form of colonialism happening to a genre of movies. I like. I like movies that are about uh, government uh, malpractice, but I think it's been reappropriated by race. It's like we've walked backwards. It's like this movie's not about the government taking advantage of people because that's the FBI. Again, was created to you know police the government like white collar crime. But it, it sounds like it's just white people. Like, it's like, oh, look at these white people. It's like, uh, it's also like the government, like these are like people in power. Well, a lot of Osage, you know, people were dying. And so then
0: the tribe tried to send somebody to to represent them. They sent a white man yeah. to Washington to represent them to try to get somebody out there to, to look in the, into these murders. And then De Niro's goons killed the white guy in Washington, D.C., Oh, it's dude. like, you know, so so he was running the whole thing. He was the puppeteer um the entire time.
1: Is that what happened to Mr. Smith goes to Washington? <laughs> he gets Very murdered close, on the right. way there. <laughs> like we can't let this guy in.
0: But I mean it's and uh also Brendan Fraser shows up yeah. um as the uh defense attorney.
1: So it is is like uh Roosevelt in the movie? No. He's not portrayed? Okay. No. So what did they mention about the fucking FBI? No, very little. Weird. They mentioned. They
0: mentioned uh, so Jesse Plemons' character talks to Robert De Niro in a barbershop oh uh, as their introductory m- meeting, Jesse Plemons being the uh, agent from the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation, along with Pat Healy. Uh, Pat Healy doesn't Pat a good, Healy's uh, great. Uh, yeah. Pat,
1: uh, Pat Healy's
0: bad. I'm just happy to see him every time I see him.
1: Dude, we got Jack White and Jackie Wyatt? <laughs> hey, <no.
0: laughs> And so he says, uh, and De Niro asks him, uh, "Who sent you?" And he said, "J Edgar Hoover." And De Niro says, uh, yeah. "I don't even know who that is." Okay, <laughs> that's the extent of what we okay. get. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you would have figured in a three and a half hour movie, we would get more of that. But no, like you know, for the most part, we're we're in the um, in the town there in Oklahoma, and um, also a lot of beautiful craftsmen. Uh, homes uh, in that movie. Well, hold mm-hmm.
1: on. Now again, a long story structure. I found when dealing with like a drama or kind of like light genre, it works best when you're dealing with time. Ironically, but like you know, Place Beyond the Pines. I really like that movie being long form because yeah. you get two different generations. Well, Is yeah, that what we're doing here? Because
0: like, that's an epic. Well, so, I mean, we do cover. Time does kind of become uh, less clear.
1: Irrelevant to the audience because uh, because
0: we do go you know we, it jumps pretty much from, uh, you know them being arrested to going to trial and that sometimes you know that can take you know a year or something so um, and then we you know we we jump ahead years at a time
2: yeah
1: okay
0: we kind of end up from the early twenties to the mid forties
1: man there are fucking five hundred people in this movie so many people yeah so many people and they're credited too it's there's a hey, lot of fucking hey, people This is
0: scorsese is <laughs> a hundred million dollar movie yeah True. probably i don't know
2: uh, yeah i mean a ton of yeah which they're all probably there a ton of extras in scenes which i'm assuming are actual people i'm assuming it's not just uh <laughs> ai you know yeah ai generated uh extras background actors whatever you want to say but yeah all right
1: out of 12 here's the if i had a drum roll i would play it
2: I'm a hack, so I'm just gonna go eleven, dude. Oh, what damn, okay. What what kept it from the one? From being a full like person. I, I don't like it as much as uh, silence. I don't know, silence had more of an impact.
1: Okay. Clark. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. You know, okay, um one of the things you can do on Letterboxd is you can look at your um, eight and a half. Oh, I'll give dropping? it up cleaning. <laughs> So uh, one of the things you can do is look at your kind of average ratings given. Do you, did I already tell you this, Clark? Do you have any, Do you all have any guess? My average rating, which which four, which star rating I give the most? Yeah, four, four. Clark eat nothing.
0: Out of out of
1: five or twelve? Five <laughs> out of five because <laughs> it's five. letterbox. Yeah, it's five. Yeah, it's five. It's Damn. the most I've yeah. given. This is five. <laughs> the thing. I mean, here is the thing. I, uh, Do you have a guess how many? I know that's kind of a weird thing to ask, considering... Yeah, I've done uh, maybe like 500 movies, I think, reviewed. I'm guessing right there. Uh, It is the most, and it's 66 five stars. That's fine.
0: Here's the thing. I kind of do that on Letterboxd now, to where if I just really like something, I'll just give it five stars. Yeah. I try to be a little bit more... Be generous with your reviews. I'm fine. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know what I mean. I don't. uh, I feel like I've kind of gone the gamut with. uh, You know,
4: it's It's, just the twelve star rating. It's
1: really opened your eyes. You know.
3: uh, Also, the only person
1: you're going to hurt with a low review, the only thing you're going to do. The, you know, you're not going to send a wave through the ocean. Yeah. But uh, probably the director and some of the no, cast. No, for sure. And that's pumped. that's the thing. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, part of the reason
0: why uh, the movie that we're uh, going to talk about now, which is the movie Randy and I saw on Friday night. Randy, anything else on uh, my yeah, jumping head? No. Okay. Uh, which is why I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> because I could, I just, it was everything I wanted. I just wanted to have a good time. I wanted to laugh. I wanted it to be smart. Um, I knew, it, I, you know, the, the word on the street that it was very crass and it was sort of a throwback to John Waters. And um, I haven't heard that. That and, would actually make me interested. And I it, think yeah. that, I think that we're kind of headed in this direction as a culture. I think that we're going back to silly and I'm very excited about that. Um, and Dick's the musical uh, I think is a perfect example of that because um, it is Randy. The movie started at what seven o'clock sharp when it started. After because mm-hmm. it was a six forty five start time, I think movie was rolling at seven, and uh, we were in the bathroom by eight twenty two.
2: <laughs> Not together, just Not together. oh, That's dude, right.
1: tight. Holding hands. The Bluetooth kicked in. Oh, <laughs> eight, yeah, it took an hour and twenty two <laughs> <laughs>
4: minutes.
0: Also, uh, they kind of brought back the uh, post credits uh, uh, blooper reels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, no. For this. Oh, you don't like that? I love it. B- it's a throwback <sighs> to 90s comedies for me.
2: The bloopers are brutal. I dude. like the bloopers. Bottoms <laughs> had bloopers, too. It was fun. <laughs> I like the bloops. All right. So uh,
0: let's talk about what this movie is. A pair of business rivals discover that they're identical <gasps> twins and decide to swap places in an attempt to trick the divorced parents to get back together. What this is is a gay parent trap. It is the plot of Parent Trap. And so the movie opens with a title card that says something akin to um, this is the first movie written by two gay men ever. <laughs> um, and then also that this was written by two gay men who were playing two straight men in the movie. And I think that's important. I, th- I think it's important that it did that because it is a little bit of hand-holding, but it also kind of puts the audience at ease a little bit for what they're about to watch. Because these two guys are, you know, heterosexual, but it's very clear that they're doing it, you know, they're they're very gay mm-hmm. in their presentation. Um and obviously it's very over the top with their heterosexuality about how many women they fuck and how long they're in and how big their dicks are. And I think the first two songs are exclusively uh, about this premise, uh, about how much of a Lothario they are. But they they go, uh, they realize that they are identical brothers, and then they become best friends, and then they realize that they got to get their parents together. And their parents are played by Megan Mullally. And um, Nathan Lane. And these are two gay icons. Megan Mullally, of course, is from Will and Grace. So that has put her in, in the good, in the good uh, eyes of the gays for a long time. And then Nathan Lane, I mean, come on. You know, I love Nathan Lane, and I'm as straight as a man could fucking be. <laughs> Give me a pussy and I'll fuck it right <laughs> now, dude. Um, they're, man, it's, they're so good. Now, Randy, do you feel like there was a just amount of of music? Could it have used more
2: music, or was it too much? Somewhere between just enough and maybe a little more. I could have used another song or two, to be
0: honest. Yeah, and there were a fair number of uh, uh, of songs here. Um, Oh, I didn't know Tom Kenny was in. Oh, he did the voice for. Uh, Oh, that's so good. All right, we'll get to that in a second because there's, uh, there's a very important part of this movie that, ha- that has to be the most thing that's covered here. But um, I don't even Oh, yes, Megan Thee Stallion is great in this. She plays the boss at the. Um, they don't sell. So it's, they sell something called a Vroomba, which is uh, very similar to a Roomba, but they don't sell r- Vroombas. They only sell parts for the Vroomba. Uh, they sell the tiny brushes, <laughs> the tiny wheels. Um, what else, Randy? I can't remember. Honestly. The brushes yeah, and the I wheels. What they that. even sold. They talked about the brushes and the wheels a lot. Um, it's just, it's just fun. Now, also very crass. Oh, um, yeah. Although they don't show dicks, they sh- they do show Megan Mullally's uh, vagina fell off, and flies like a butterfly around. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it also does an attack thing where it like it, it sucks on a helmet. It's very yeah. fun. Um, now, Nathan Lane, let's get to to uh, one of the what people are talking most about with this movie is that um, Nathan Lane plays uh, the parent, uh, the the father, to both of these boys. and um, he doesn't leave the house much because he has to take care of uh, what he describes as his sewer boys. <laughs> now, what the sewer boys are are two disgusting, puppets that um nathan lane's character claims that uh, he was canoeing through the sewers of new york one day and came across uh these two um puppets now russell you're looking at a picture of the the wonderful sewer boys um who were named backpack and whisper (laughs) which i'm telling you and randy can attest to this is we were in a, a sold out theater um theater three i think yeah. Uh, one of the smaller theaters, probably seats about 30 people, uh, slam-packed. And uh, I was laughing at a rate to where I think I was shaking the entire row. <laughs> when he said that their names were Backpack and Whisper, I think I I laughed for 15 minutes. And you see, Russell, how would you describe the uh, the the Sewer Boys.
1: Uh, They kind of remind me of the uh, Koopa Troopers from the original Mario movie. Yes, yes. The
0: head certainly does. But they're much, much smaller. They're probably about two feet tall. (laughs) And there's a point where, in the movie, where the uh, Sewer Boys escape. And just seeing them run around is so much fun. And they go down (laughs) the sewer and they go back to their home. (laughs) And so then they have to go track down the Sewer Boys. But there's a scene where um, Nathan Lane feeds the sewer boys, and how he feeds them, Russell, is that he goes to a, a he has a giant statue, let's just call it a statue of David in his house, right? Um, and then he reaches behind the butt of David, pulls out a pack of deli meat <laughs> that he stores in the butt of David, and then he takes the ham, he chews it up, and spits it right in their mouths. Yeah. It's my favorite thing I've ever seen, I think. <laughs> I, I don't know. I had so much fun uh, with the Sewer Boys, and it's just uh, it's just silly. And nothing makes sense, and it's just doing it to be, do it. And I, I just, I'm glad that we're heading back to that. And also, the other thing is that, yes, you know, I, I, I you know, Watching this movie as, as a heterosexual man, and and I would not say that I'm a part of the gay culture, and I am certainly not one to speak old gay culture, uh, but what I will say is that uh, I appreciated that this was just promoting having a fun time more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, the the final song uh, does say something. I, I think the, the lyrics of the last song go... Uh, love is love, and God is a faggot. Okay. <laughs> that is right. And um, God is played by Bowen Yang uh, from Saturday Night Live. Randy, how would you describe his uh, his uh, couture in the film?
2: What he's wearing? It's like an all white suit or something, and his like oh. hair is like bleach blonde. And but
0: then he's wearing like that that uh, that like retro like black, white, blue, yellow okay. checkered like yeah, bi- yeah that thing um biker outfit and uh, he plays God and uh, God is by and so that is why they say that God is uh, that word that I just said. and I can say that because that was in the song <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah man, I could not have enjoyed this more uh it it, it, it made me laugh. that's what I wanted to I, I don't think I've I don't think I've laughed harder in the theater and uh, there were good jokes in here too. Um, and I just, and there's a lot of it. And, uh, I, it was a success all the way for me. I, I enjoyed every second of it.
2: Yeah, it was fun. Um, the, the, like you said, there's a lot of like good jokes. There's a lot of just like kind of funny throwaway lines that I think you and I both laughed at. One of them, they were talking about like traveling or something. And, uh, I don't, it might've been Nathan Lane's character. He's like, ah, it's like, I love to travel. So, you know, I love jet lag. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that. He's like, you know my love of jet lag. Yeah. just like really dumb. And then like, silly you know, stuff like and that.
0: then yeah, uh, and then his character and Megan Mullally's character uh met in a graveyard robbing gray graves. Yeah. You know, which was
2: illegal in those days.
0: Yeah, stuff like that. It's just
2: uh, Oh, and I like the uh whenever they did like the exterior shots of New York, it was just like stock footage. Oh yeah, from like, from, like the, like, the 40s, 40s or something. Yeah, that was fun.
0: And also it opened up of um Narration uh, and and, uh, one of the characters said, New York City, population 100. (laughs) Boom, made me laugh immediately. (laughs) Um, Also, uh, so I should say, this is directed by Larry Charles. Uh, Russ, would you be a lamb and and click on Larry Charles profile? I want to make sure I get everything right here. Now, Larry Charles, uh, he's a name I feel like everyone knows his work, uh, but uh, you know, I think he should get more credit for. Um, how big he's been uh, in in the comedy world uh, for, for, you know, things that he's touched, you know, because he's the guy who brought us the first Borat movie. Uh, but, you know, Larry Charles started, uh, you know, started making a name for himself on Seinfeld, uh, directed, you know, and wrote on Seinfeld, and then became, like, one of the big creative guys on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, directed a ton of Curbs, uh, and then also went on uh, to direct... A uh, couple of yeah, can you go down to his directorial? You're in the producer, it, it,
1: dude. I is fucking terrible. Um, I hate it. Yeah, my bad. No, it's okay. What the fuck?
0: Yeah. So uh, Bruno, religious, uh the Bill Maher documentary, um, and uh, you know the dictator. Uh, he had a, he had a great interview with um, Mark Maron, and uh, he kind of talked about uh, the failure that was the dictator. And kind of the reasons for that. I remember. See, did y'all see that? I saw that. I the know. I think so,
2: yeah.
1: I don't like scripted. Um, Sasha. I liked
0: it. It was silly. Um, Army of One. Oh, I forgot he directed that. I saw that too. Uh, was that the Nick Cage thing? Yeah, that was fine. Uh, but man, I I I really liked it. And and to be fair, I think that yeah, I I you know we it is kind of a throwback to that sort of just. Um, overtly crass, uh, you know, sort of material that, um, you know, John Waters did in the 70s. But, um, you know, it's just a good time, man, you know? Yeah, it's fun.
2: Dicks, 12 stars. We'll see you next week.
1: What would (laughs) you give it, Randy?
2: I don't know, 9 out of 12. I had a good time.
0: (laughs) All right. uh, In the year 2023, the year that we are currently in, we lost um, we've lost a lot of people this year. And uh, one of the people that we've lost uh, was the great William Friedkin, who I think I learned the death of uh, on this very show. Uh, I had no idea. Um, Well, we we get to see the last thing that I know of that we know this
2: is the final. Yeah,
0: the final William Friedkin film. The Kane Mutiny Court Martial, and yes, it does have a hyphen. Also, that's a pretty good poster. <laughs> I like that poster, Russ. What do you think of that? It's pretty good. Yeah, well, we've got Kiefer Sutherland. That's Kiefer Sutherland, by the way. Um, his head kind of turns into a ship. That is. Yes, Kiefer Sutherland.
1: They do something to his nose, dude. He yeah, he's not uh, he's not looking too good. Yeah yeah, I don't know. Oh, that okay.
0: Also, Mega Malala. I just, I, I don't want to say, I, she's great in this. She's so good. She's doing like a lisp the whole time, and her character is just insane. The whole, every, everything, is just silly. It's fun. And I think that this is going to bring America back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Silliness is going to save us. Talking and, about the cane mutiny? No, I'm, I went back to do oh, Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't look fun. <laughs> this,
0: uh, so, here we go. Can you go back to the, uh follows a naval officer who stands trial for mutiny. After taking command from a ship captain, he felt was he felt was acting in an unstable way, putting both the ship and its crew in danger. This movie is about as straightforward as you can get. We open up. Titles credits. We also get sort of the military. If you ever watch the show Jag on CBS, you know, you hear you know what I mean? You get that sort of military yeah. drum line. Yeah. That's what we open. Them. It's pretty good. And it, it's, it's, uh, we're at the <laughs> Naval Headquarters in San Francisco, California. This place, this takes place in San Francisco, <laughs> California. <laughs> And we open up they apparently they got a courthouse at the damn naval headquarters. How convenient is that? It's pretty tight. We open up and we got uh what's what's the what's the guy's name? Uh you see him, he was I think I don't know. Mer- <laughs> Jake Lacey. Jake Lacey, you know who he is. You've seen his face. I think he was in the office for like four episodes and then he he <laughs> was like the the he was like he he was like the new gym. I think that's what he was. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. You seen it. You know who that guy is. Mm-mm. You've seen his face. He was also in. Uh, what's that show? Rampage. <laughs> what's that show on HBO? Everybody loved. Oh, dude. White Lotus. He was in uh, White Lotus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Never watched that yeah. either.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, he's also got a good face of like, oh, this is a guy I don't trust. Um, handsome white guy. You know, kind of falls in that category. Wait, there's a character Kiefer. Kiefer. there's also a oh, look at Kiefer Sutherland's name, yeah, Quig, Quig. <laughs> Captain Quig, dude. They say Quig so much; it's very fun. All right, here's the deal: this movie is very, 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 very uncinematic. Oh, okay. I mean, it feels like it's in the courtroom. It feels more like a movie, but the last scene. We go to like a hotel party, which I'm gonna be honest is the best scene in the movie. Uh, it feels like it's it's on CBS. I, honestly, this whole thing feels like it was shot for CBS television. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and but that's okay because at the end of the day, <laughs> what are what are movies? Movies are stories, right? And yep. stories stories have to be told. And you can tell a story in several different ways. You can absolutely tell a story uh, through the visual medium. And that's where you put your focus in your time. All right? We yeah. talked. <laughs> that was tight. It landed right on my computer. It hit a little ricochet. That was very nice.
1: I flipped a bottle. This cap does before. not do this.
0: This focuses more on acting and writing. Both are excellent in this. Um, this is just a great, straightforward courtroom drama about a naval officer who was in a storm and the crew didn't think that he could handle the storm and he was relieved of his duty and he's like, uh, you can't do that, dude. Uh, <laughs> that's mutiny. And they're like, well, I'm going to court-martial you. And are like, fucking court-martial me. And that's what happened. Took him to court-martial. And um, the, sort of the star of this movie is Jason Clark because he plays the defense attorney. And he knows his client is guilty. He knows he committed mutiny. And uh, that's not good. And uh, apparently, according to... Uh, this is also Lance Riddick's last movie. Oh, um, yeah. Lance Riddick was in the film, and uh, he kind of plays the main... I don't understand what the judicial system is within the Navy, but uh, I don't know if he's a judge in the Navy. Yeah. Dude, Navy judge is tight. Lawyer Navy is even cool, but dude, judge Navy judge? I like a Navy judge. He wasn't wearing a robe, though, but he was cool. Anyway, so, you know, the way
1: it's shot in that courtroom, it really reminds me of Vertigo. Dude, I'm going to tell you. It's great. You know, there is kind of a through line, too, because uh, I've done some reading on, like, San Francisco and, like, where our culture comes from. A lot of people say we became, like, the gay hub because it was a military area. And there was, we had the the rare Air Force, Navy, and Army-based in a small city. Well, so a lot of people go out and the sailor outfit is the
0: gayest of the military <laughs> <laughs> outfits. But I mean,
1: dicks to this. You would think there'd be no through line, but
0: I always find a way. <laughs> um, I really, I very much enjoyed this. Um, the last scene is worth the price of admission, uh, to Paramount plus, um, last scene is great because Jason Clark, He's just a, he he's a guy who is he's both a lawyer and he's also a naval officer at the same time, and he was put in a bad position. He was put in a position where he had to defend a guy that he knew was guilty, but he also knew he had to do a job, and he had to throw Kiefer Sutherland uh, sort of under the bus, and that's kind of what the movie turned into, and. Um, when they were questioning him uh, that was uh, just fantastic so I uh, really really enjoyed this uh, I'll give it uh, I'll give it a 10 out of 12. oh shit yeah I, I dude I highly recommend it again if know what know what it is it's a 90 percent of this movie is in this courtroom. The rest of that takes place in a hallway or <laughs> an undescript hotel conference room huh. that's the movie. Um, I didn't see a ray of sunshine in this whole movie, Randy. Uh, we're all inside. But I uh, really, really enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. Um, it is a Showtime slash Paramount Plus production. I currently am watching it on my Par- newly resubscribed <laughs> Paramount Plus subscription.
2: I'm out. I boycott Paramount Plus. Why is that? Because uh, they canceled the Workaholics movie like three uh, weeks before they uh, started shooting. But so, Randy... You know.
0: But, Randy, very soon, on uh-huh. an undisclosed date, we're going to have season two of Tulsa King with Sylvester <laughs> Stallone on Paramount+. I'm out. you got to get ready for Tulsa King. Tulsa King is a great show. Okay, uh, one more quick movie that I watched uh, half of last night and half of this morning. Uh, this is a $5 purchase on... <laughs> iTunes.com. It's been a little while since we've done it. Russell, can you go ahead and cue up the cool guy theme, baby?
1: Cue it up, or you want me to play it? Play it! All right, here we go. I hope everybody's buckled up.
0: I'm talking Robert De Niro, Edward Norton, and Marlon Brando. (laughs) <laughs> From 2001, the score. Russ, pull it up. Okay. <laughs> From 2001. Now, when we get to the uh, the IMDb page, uh, we'll be able to pay off. All right, so guys, this movie did come out in 2001. Uh, let's take b- votes right now. If this came out pre towers or
1: post towers? Uh, okay, flip a coin, Randy. Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna go pre. I'm going to go post. I'm going to go pre. uh,
3: Post.
2: All right. Two pre's, two post. (laughs) Walk into a bar. I mean, if you just do the odds, it happened in September, so that's nine months. I know. That's what, see? Three months.
1: Where do I I find this information?
2: Details.
0: July 13th, (laughs) 2001. Pre-towers, baby. That's it. You just got to play the math, dude. (laughs) That's the seventh. I one. can't oh. read a calendar. Not what only. Are you, <laughs> I, I, I mean, know. just. You know, I was handicapped from the beginning. I mean, it's very close to the two months later, and uh, oh, where were you when the world stopped turning? All right, the score. Um, this is directed by Frank Oz, and that's, that was the one thing that, um, I've seen this poster Same. the majority of my life, yeah. I feel like, and I was like, I, what is this stupid-ass movie? I like a heist movie. You know that. Uh, Randy's, I assume, is a Rafifi guy. Oh, yeah.
2: We talked about it on Three Friends like six years ago. Yes, we did. That was a very long time ago. R.I.P. Was that the first time we were on?
0: Was, I think
2: you were on before. Was Rafif? Yeah.
0: But uh, an aging thief hopes to retire and live off his ill-gotten wealth with his lover when a young kid convinces him doing one last heist that comes with a large payout. Well, that's not exactly true, uh, because I would not describe Marlon Brando as a young kid in this movie. (laughs) Marlon Brando is enormous in this. I mean, we got Fat Brando. Well, this is 2001 Brando, so he's, he's a big boy. And he's doing a French accent, so it's and also he's wearing like moo-moos and kimonos, and <laughs> he's hanging out in French baths. Yeah, oh, there he's wearing a. He looks like Inspector Gadget <laughs> with a top hat.
1: Um, he looks like what, what's his name from uh he did Family Feud before Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson, yeah, that's what he.
0: <laughs> Dude, he looks so big. <laughs> but it's I don't know. He's fun, in um, so. The movie takes place in Montreal, and they are uh, they're they're going to steal this uh, invaluable uh, bejeweled what do they call it? I keep calling it a shillelagh, but it's more of a, a, sept, a scepter, um, a jeweled scepter that uh, Marlon Brando thinks he can sell for thirty million dollars. <laughs> hey, he goes in and out of his French accent, by the way, <laughs> and so. Um, <laughs> Uh, Robert De Niro plays uh, the 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 old uh, thief there, and uh, Edward Norton comes into play. Now, <sighs> I like Edward Norton, but I I don't know. I feel like he's a nut, Edward <laughs> Norton, because this guy—he's in the movie. He's playing like a handicap guy, and oh, that's really? his cover. His cover is is playing a handicapped guy who works the night janitorial shift at this place that is housing this uh, bejeweled shillelagh. And everybody loves it. He's like, hi,
1: hang
2: He's doing that. And the they're whole dropping
1: day. toothpicks on the floor. And like, yeah, what? 47,
2: 47. What oh, was that movie that he did recently where he was playing a... The Hulk. Glass Onion. A, uh, no, this was like maybe six years ago. He directed it, I think, too. Oh, that stupid noir movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. God,
0: that movie sucked a bad dog. It, dicks.
2: But I know he's doing like a, a voice and a character there too. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's very
0: full of himself, which good for him. I like him when he's on screen, but yeah, I feel like if he was in this room we would motherless Brooklyn.
2: Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah. Uh Stinktown USA. And also, yeah, so like I said, uh, this is directed by Frank Oz, who, I'm telling you, that's the reason why I wanted to do this. Uh, Russ, you know who Frank Oz is. He's the voice of Yoda. Oh, okay. And uh, he's also, you know, directed a lot of uh, great movies, uh, great comedies. Um, He directed The Dark Crystal, Muppets Make... Muppets Take Manhattan, Little Shop of Horrors, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, What About Bob, The Indian in the Cupboard, Bowfinger, The Score, The Stepford Wives, Death at a Funeral. Oh, he did uh, Derek DeGuardio's In and of Itself. Oh, weird. Anyway, Frank Oz knows what he's doing. This is about... As basic of a heist movie as you could possibly imagine, we hit all the damn tropes in this. Um, it's it's the last job, it's the last score. You got to help me out. The mob's after me. They're you know they're running in sewers. Um,
1: with the sewer boys, and then
0: they and man, every movie could use the sewer <laughs> boys. The sewer boys would help every movie. I'm convinced of it. But and then of course you know they screw each other and it becomes you know who uh, uh, he five out of twelve stars. <laughs> Damn.
1: Damn. Yeah. Oh boy, five out of twelve stars. Wait, I need to check the conversion chart. How many thumbs is that exactly? Oh, 0.83. Eight <laughs> yeah.
0: Not even. Is it up to the nail?
1: Fuck, that's rough. You've been working with some like power tools to get that kind of a rating. All right, is, is that it? Alright, well don't worry I'm going to be quick, Randy, again uh, For your birthday, we're going to keep this short So I'm going to whittle this down to five movies And the first one Is, uh, I am joking Two of them are TV shows And you know I don't do that So I just wanted to briefly mention that me and Oxana threw on American Horror Story We Ooh. saw we saw that it is a true horror story Now that they have Kim Kardashian playing uh, She was devoid of personality Yeah. And uh, had no charisma on screen No uh, also, she the, didn't enter sex tape the last. <laughs> wow, dude, that's below the belt. I'm just saying um, you can show some riz when you're <laughs> fucking. No, here, Here's the thing. Me and Oksana were watching this completely unmoved is a perfect background show. You won't miss anything even when you're in another room. And uh, we, the, when we were watching it, we're like, doesn't this feel like they're kind of uh, ripping off dead ringers? Like the new one, because they're in an operating room. There's like mm. people wearing... And it's like, mm. there's just nothing here. Go watch Dead Ringers. Uh, hey, that's what he's been doing for decades. he, You do kind of end up plagiarizing yourself when you have yeah. such a big movement like that. I do think it happened around season five, where it was just like, okay, dude, what this is just like a formula that you're putting in an AI now. I just don't like the writing. That, that's what I mean. Well, it it's... Uh, he, you know, he kind of invented the, the style, like the kind of mixed bags of genre, like horror. It's always style over substance. But there's nothing, we're not building anymore. And I don't know, I've not been with the show and I kind of pop in to have these kind of takes every now and then. I'm like, am I going to hate it? I probably will. And then I watch him like, oh, I definitely do. Yeah. Uh, I watched another show that I'm not a huge fan of, which is disappointing. Because my favorite director, whom I don't actually talk about that much because y'all jumped on the bandwagon, you know, you probably heard of him, John Carpenter. He has his new show, uh, Suburban Screams, Oh. which is weird. I was like, oh, John Carpenter's doing a show. I'll oh, watch a, it. That's a good poster. Yeah, it's a cool poster. And you watch it. And you know what it is? it is? It's my mom's favorite type of show where it's you get a real person. Big brother? You have them in a room. You have two cameras on them, and you interview them, and they talk about like the ghosts that push them down the stairs. But it's fully reenacted with, like, dude, it's almost like a movie. I don't, it's really weird. I don't like that. Also, it's definitely got the feel of John Carpenter's names on there because he needed a paycheck, and he, he opens up the show saying a thing. And that is probably it. I would be shocked if he's seen the whole show. Did he score the music? I don't think so. That would honestly make more sense to me. If they're like, hey, you want to be a part of a show? And he's like, no. And they're like, hey, you want to just intro a show and put your name on He's like, no. And they're like, hey, you want to do the score? He'd be like, oh, yeah, probably. Can my son come? They're yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's... What. So, you know what? I watched all of it, and I, realized I retained none of it. Um, the first episode has a Ouija board thing that was kind of goofy and weird. Uh, I did recommend the show to my mom though. I do think she will dig it. Yeah. So if you're if you like that kind of reenactment, not I, like true crime, but it's like ghosts. Watch it. I mean, there's definitely an audience for it. Uh, then in the male, uh, we had a Kickstarter payoff. I'm sorry, the female. <laughs> the female showed up and uh, yeah. filmed by uh, Connor Nyan. I'm gonna stick with that. Connor, I love you, brother. If I, brother. if I fucking ruined your last name, you're just one of many on this show. Uh, his movie, Chicken Surprise, came out. I Chicken got it in the mail. Uh, I completely forgot about it. We got a poster. Ooh, let me we see. got a Blu-ray. It's a thin That's case. Cool. I love it. Oh. Okay, Randy, You. so I saw there is a... Um, That's beautiful art. All the Kickstarters, I felt like I knew half of them. Two discs? Two discs. Now, Randy, did you watch
2: it? No, I have the link, but I haven't watched it yet.
1: Okay, um, the short, I will tell you, it's about a half hour long. lot there. Um, Connor, I'm going to be following you, man. I think it looked beautiful. I like the color grade on this. I like the tone. And honestly, I like the premise. It was fun. Um, was it a chicken surprise? The thing is, there's two discs in here, and they're both Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the difference is. Uh So, Connor, if one of these was like a a special features thing or something's going on. Let me see. It says uh, Chicken Surprise to Blu-ray Indiegogo backer. I don't know what the difference is, Connor. So, we're going to have to talk. I did talk to him already. He is flustered. As um, we learn, a lot of indie filmmakers, the hardest part about their film is keeping up with the Kickstarter program that they did. Yeah. So, he's deep in that and i i i said a joke to him i said why the fuck didn't my poster or my blu-ray come signed and he responded with a picture of the package on my front door and said oh no no, it says it got there and i'm like yeah (laughs) i don't know if you're reading i was making a joke about how you didn't sign it and he went oh dude i'm so sorry i'm just like buried in this stuff so connor i'm gonna be coming for you soon again for those listening connor's the one that he uh he sent in a voicemail and it was mean. He talked shit about us. Do you remember that Clark? Barely. He, with he, he shot Christian's movie Girls Night. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, fuck you, Carter. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Um <laughs> then I uh you know what? I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. We have Ricky Umberger uh this week our interview, and we didn't really cover his new film, Project Theory. I did back in the day when he sent us the original screener, and I thought it was part of the Fear footage franchise. Yeah. It's not. oxon did you say something? No, I sneezed. Okay. God bless you. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say again, uh, I think everybody should listen to the interview. Ricky's fantastic, and it's my favorite of his movies. And I do I like all his movies, but this one is the best. I agree. And it's a Halloween film. It's a good anthology. Uh, one of the shorts in this is probably one of my favorite entries in any anthology. And not because it's like the most highbrow, well-crafted, but it is one of the most thoughtful, entertaining, and like there's just he's got heart in all this shit and he pulls it the fuck off. And man, I loved it. Um When's he going to do a musical? <sighs> I don't know but it would be a pretty gnarly. I can't imagine what kind of old instrument he would record it on <laughs> or like or uh, perform it on. Um yeah, so listen to that interview. It'll be out on Thursday. If you
0: had to make a Ricky Umburger hamburger,
1: what would you put on it? A Ricky Yumburger. Yes, a Ricky Yumburger. Yeah. <laughs> um then okay, I do have two features. Uh one of them I reviewed on Letterboxd, and it bothered Terrell, because he said, Uh-oh. I told you this movie fucking sucked. Why did you watch it? Again, I'm talking about the BuzzFeed film, Dear David. Oh, I almost he watched this. One of the most uninspired posters I've seen in a long time. And let me give you a little bit of context. I watched this movie because I um, every week I try to edit a reel for Terrell out of Blu-ray Tuesday, and... I inevitably, oh, it's the most fun when he's riffing on a bad movie. So I gravitate to those and I, I, you know, pull the movie and I try to find clips to match it up as he's, you know, illustrating his disdain for these movies. And every time I'm like, you know, I know he's literally telling me why this movie's bad. But now I kind of want to watch it. I did this with Blood and Honey. Terrible film. It's it's really bad. Blood and Honey. And, uh, and that honey. teacher who showed it to his class should be shot. Damn. Um, but Dear David, I was watching, and I'm like, you know what? They're doing interesting things here. I think I'm going to watch it. Now, this one I did know. I, I was putting up Halloween decorations, and I'm like, I'll put it on the background. Uh, I ended up taking a bunch of notes because I do think that this movie was interesting in a visual way. Um, so here, let me read from IMDb. Now, what about Dear David Holzman Diary? <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Try it. We'll cut that out, and you can uh, do it smoother later on. Thank you so much. Um, Dear David, a man is haunted by the ghost of a boy named David who is trying to kill him. <laughs> good job. IMDb, that's good. Uh, except that you left out the whole true story behind it, which is baked. It, it came from a Twitter thread. So uh, an illustrator at BuzzFeed started tweeting that, you know, I think it all kicked off where he said, I there's a ghost child in my house and he's trying to kill me. <laughs> and it he got a lot of um, eyeballs on it. And people started following the thread and keeping up with the ghost boy in his apartment. I'm going to say right now, I didn't read the whole thread, but the little bit I did was infinitely more engaging than this movie. Mm-hmm. Yet this movie... <laughs> <laughs> who Terrells going to be so mad at me but it's just a mixed bag of things that would work if it weren't in this bag this movie is uh so the the main character who is uh, where the fuck is he i don't know the, uh where is his not name not justin long no justin long so here's here's part of the problem the main character is he's works at buzzfeed right uh, and uh, he's an illustrator like cuz he's portraying the real guy And the problem is that the – you don't – Adam Ellis, that's who this is really about. So it's a BuzzFeed production because they do have a production line for film, which is already weird. And they're doing a movie about one of their employees. The employee at BuzzFeed – so when we're in BuzzFeed, it's one of these weird corporate things that Clark would be into where it's like – no oh, BuzzFeed, we're going to have listicles today. And it's, like, self-aware, and it's trying to be funny. And Justin Long is playing the mean boss there, like, who's trying to drive the ship. like, So he'll come over and be like, we need more of these. You're doing it bad. I mean, make some sh- Come on. And it's like they're doing an almost, like, evil impersonation of their own company, which makes me think that they're even more sinister in real life. I just, I don't know. Red flags are coming up all over the place. So then Adam Ellis is a... He's a gay dude who's an illustrator who's got
2: a drinking problem. Adam <laughs> Illustrator. Huh? Well what? Adam Illustrator. Oh, dude. Good job, dude.
1: <laughs> That's so stupid, random. <laughs> uh. And it took me a minute to, like, process it, too, which makes me feel dumb. But he's drinking, and he... His problem is that when <laughs> he gets hired at BuzzFeed, and people start commenting, and they're like, hey, great job. I love it. And then one person will be like, your art fucking sucks dick. And then he'll be like, okay. And then he'll go in there and be like, yeah, why don't you suck a fucking dick? And it's just, like, completely inappropriate. It would drive Rogan crazy. But he's completely turns... he. Any negative comment becomes a black hole to this man. And uh, it's so fucking dumb. This movie's about cyberbullying. There's a ghost baby. There's a ghost child who may have killed his dad or something. It's a pretty girl ghost mystery. There's a synth score, even though the movie does not... Th- It doesn't fit at all. And I mean by synth, I mean like retro new wave. Like it's like... Like Drive. Yeah, it's weird. And you know how we we complain about... Justin Long's walking around in the office with a hammer? No, because he's barely in it. Although I would watch that movie. Um, You know how we complain about phone overlay? Like what do you do in them? Like phones are such a part of our culture now. And this movie's about a drunk who's on fucking Twitter all the time. So what do you do? This movie's not shy. They just kind of lean into um, an opaque overlay. It's on everything. And you know what? It's kind of interesting. And they embrace it. They do a really annoying thing where uh, whenever we hit a new chapter beat, we don't have a chapter break, but we show the real tweet. Ah. So it will be like, I moved apartments. And they'll show the real tweet. And then we'll move on. it's like... (laughs) We get it, man. But whatever. That's its thing. It, at least there's a style to it. You would never guess from the fucking poster, which just looks so goddamn. Look at that shit. <sighs> God, it's a terrible fucking poster. Describe it to our listeners. Um, It looks like somebody took a real photo of a smiling boy and then put it through a, a filter in Instagram that makes it kind of like a digital malaise. It's so boring. It looks. It looks like a 90s representation of what the Internet's going to be. Right? It, it looks like an album cover that Randy would have bought in the mid aughts
2: <laughs> Looks very like Matrix Cody almost. Yeah. But yeah. it also looks like a first draft.
1: Like yeah. it looks like an indie production. It's like, hey, we got a cool poster. And it's like, don't give it to an artist. Like there's no way that that should be on IMDb, but it is. <laughs> Um, a creepy of a creepy kid and the dead pixels. Other Sign thing. It. So like also our main character is kind of at odds with BuzzFeed. Sure. Are so, we all? So they'll come up and like Justin Long will be like, "Hey man, be more relatable." And then he's like, "Be more relatable." That just means be gay. <laughs> and mind you, he is gay, and he's having problems with his boyfriend, who Damn. is like the most two dimensional, loving, supportive boyfriend ever. Yeah. But he's rude to him because he's a drunk and he's on Twitter all day. Question, his boyfriend is also gay? Yeah, his okay. boyfriend is gay. That's good. And it's, they it's really a bummer when his boyfriend finds out that uh, Adam's downloaded Grindr again. Oh, no. Caught him red-handed, dude. Ugh. But Adam's like, I didn't do that. It was the ghost. <laughs> Literally, a plot point in this movie is that a ghost downloaded Grinder, and he's like, no, look at it. I promise you. And then you go in there, and he's been talking to dudes. There's even a... <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. So it sounds like it's to me.
0: And again, I'm not involved with the gay culture, <laughs> but I think "Dicks the Musical" is propelling the gay for the gay culture in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like dear David
1: is pulling it back. I think on my letterbox, I put that everything in this movie kind of worked on its own. Like interesting visuals. The the soundtrack wasn't bad. It just shouldn't have been in this yeah. movie. Honestly, the guy who played Adam Ellis, uh, Augustus. Augustus Prue. Augustus Prue. Hello, am Augustus Prue that's here? It's a, a twelve star name, and he did a great yeah. job in the movie, but his character is so fucking unlikable. Like you can't, you, you, He's a protagonist in a horror movie, so you're almost like in our DNA. We need to root for them, and you just can't. You just can't with this dude. He's like, ooh, my cats are acting up. They're at the front door every midnight. <laughs> Cut to the tweet. It's like, dude, you're cr- you're killing me. Yeah. Then we introduce the hat on a hat on a hat, which is, he's a drunk, he's haunted, he's got sleep paralysis, there's a, a ghost baby in his place. He, there's just so much going on, and yet nothing is happening. Would this movie have been better with Sewer Boys? Yeah, anything. <laughs> it would have been better with anything. Yeah. There are jump scares all throughout this thing, too. But oh, it's the kind God. where it's like, uh, my cats are looking at the front door, so I'm going to look out at people. I'm going to look. And you linger so long. You linger there so long. And then a shadow moves by. And it's like, why? This movie, it's weird because the movie's bad. I gave it two stars, which I don't do. Out of 12?
0: Oh, oh you know I can't what? even no, do no. that math.
1: Let me let me feed it. I think it's That's actually. negative. I think it's four stars. I think it was four stars out of 12. Well, okay. Uh, 0.67 thumbs. Yeah. So yeah. four stars out of 12. Um. Yeah, dude, I... 4'12", my current height. <laughs> I, You know, it's weird to say that I kind of liked everything in this movie. Just when you put them all together, I fucking hated it. Oh, it's a meatloaf movie. Yeah, it's a potluck of misery. Yeah. Um, Self-aware. I, yeah, you know, I think I, t- I took so many notes on this movie. One of the interesting Why? things here, too... So my theory here is that this movie's about a drunk. And that's it. But we don't really dive into that. It's kind of mentioned that he's a drunk. He has one friend, and she's like, Oh, you know, under my mentorship, people will like you. And then he texts her a bunch of fucked up shit. And the next day, she's like, What you said to me last night was really fucked up. He's like, It was the ghost. It was the ghost. And it's like, This isn't even a fucking horror movie. Also, he loves video games. Oh, yeah. So at one point, Madden? There's an intro. No, definitely not. Probably more Fortnite. (laughs) Hell yeah. At one point. (laughs) he becomes a character in a video game but it's his life. Oh. And it's kind Danny of, Boyle did that already. Dude, it's kind of an interesting thing where he's like I'm not in control. Somebody's controlling me and he starts like lighting his house on fire. Oh, there's a moment where that he, sounds cool. There's a moment where in sleep paralysis he has a knife to his hand. It's on his wrist. And he's like And he's trying to get his phone. He's like Siri, call call Susie. And it's like can you say that again? And he's like, Siri he calls. Like, he does it three times. And then he goes like, Siri, called David, his ex-boyfriend. And it's like a moment. And then he's like, "Ooh, this is like blood coming out. And then he wakes up and he has the most pathetic looking cat scratches on his arm. And I kept thinking, this is about a dude who worked for your company in real life. And it feels like you're portraying him in a terrible light. Yeah. Wonder what he thinks. Well, the dude who's still very active on X now. It's like, I don't know, I didn't watch the movie. Yeah. So I don't, who is this for? I don't know. Uh, don't watch it. But go watch The reel on uh, Instagram. Um, One more. Uno mas. And uh, this one, again, shout out to listener Sam. He is the one whom you should curse for the 12-star rating he's, system. He shall be known, moving forward <laughs> from this day, as the 12-star daddy. He's the 12-star Sam that he's the best kind of listener we got. Recommended a movie to me. Uh, via Gchat. This is where we're living. <laughs> 2023. Oh, I Called almost watched it. Dark Harvest. Um, in a small Midwestern town, a deadly annual ritual unfolds when the mis- when the mythical nightmares... <laughs> nightmare. Okay, let me just, you know... Well, take take, it take again? a breath. I'm just going to try it That's over. Right. Just, got, just think of the sewer boys. I'm, okay, I'm going to channel them. In a small Midwestern town, a deadly annual ritual Unfolds when the mythical nightmare Sawtooth Jack, oh <laughs> Sawtooth Jack, <laughs> Sawtooth Jack. This is really hard when you can't talk and you're trying to do a podcast. Rises from the cornfields and challenges the town's teenage boys in a bloody battle of survival. This movie is a fucking mixed bag of genre.
4: Genre. I you found... Said it
1: was gone. I, I found him. He's really quiet. Uh, you're going to have to speak up, Trebek. Also, he's a ghost because he's dead. That's true. You're not going to... He's not playing... Oh, did you turn that down? Ready? No. Did you cuck me? No. Oh, my ghost you noise. You broke it. The ghost... Dude, it just says plain, but it's not. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have pulled back that curtain. There's actually a ghost in the room. I guess he's on strike or something. He took a break. Um, ghost on So Dark strike. Harvest. Uh, Sam recommended it. And the way he pitched it was like, imagine if The Purge took place in the 60s and pumpkin heads running around. I said, there's no way I'm not fucking watching this movie. And um, you know what? Spoiler alert. I loved it. This is what I would call a uh, masterful genre film. Letterbox seems to disagree, but that's how you know it's fucking good. Um, I I even resorted to... The, one of the adjectives I used for this movie was Lynchian. What I meant was its portrayal of the 60s, which I don't think is the typical way you use Lynchian. Yeah. But it's kind of like a modern 60s. Uh, it's at the same time the best Purge movie I've ever seen and the best Pumpkinhead movie I've ever seen. But I should have been I should have thought about it a little bit more. It's the best children of the corn movie I've ever seen. It's also we're channeling Battle Royale here. okay So what happens is uh, we're doing the microcosm thing. it's a small town and they're farmers. they harv- they have a harvest. And every year the, the senior boys are drafted because it's not all of them to uh, basically get locked in their bedroom for th- this is kind of a spoiler. But they get locked in their bedroom for three days and they're not allowed any food. Now, I've done weird fasts where I've gone three days without eating. It made me feel lethargic and hungry, but mostly tired. Uh, They become ravenous. So, what happens is they let them out. And, you know, the idea is kill Sawtooth Jack. If you do it before he gets to the church at midnight, the next year will be a bountiful harvest. Also, he's full of candy. So, if you kill him, you can eat. What kind of candy? Uh, j- uh, everything you want. I think that was the idea. He just... Ferrero Rocher? Yeah, he oozes candy. Hell yeah. And here's the thing. This movie fucking rules. There's gore. There's there's a scene where blood shoots out of a door, and it's a wide shot, and it shouldn't work on paper, but it is one of my favorite moments in 2023 uh, cinema history. I uh, This movie is... Oh, man. You know, if you don't buy in immediately, just abandon it. Because if you don't, like... Enjoy the weird 60 vibe, the weird uh, language, because they really stick to their that's, guns that's here. That's just what we're doing. Yeah. It's like, if you're not in immediately, just leave, because you're not going to get it. But man, the fucking pumpkin head creature... Looks good. Looks great. And there's a, he gets a lot of screen time. So we're not fucking around here. Also, if you want... Here's the thing. I absolutely love this movie. I think I disagree with the message, though. Okay. Because we're dealing with a little bit of overthrow the system... Like, mm-hmm. it's what the movie's about. And you're a company man. And uh, I just think, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's a very pro- popular premise at the time. I mean, now. not Maybe yeah. in the 60s, too. Uh, I didn't really think about it that much. But I'm like, that that's how much I enjoyed this film. I'm like, even though the message here I'd probably quibble with, I just I couldn't get enough of it. Also, this is Halloween that they hunt down Pumpkinhead. So it's a fucking holiday movie, too. Um, I don't, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. That much because I, I do think it's it's fucking enjoyable. We get a new gang. There's a little bit of warriors in here. Okay. Um, it's such a mixed bag, but yet it works, which is odd because Dear David was the exact opposite. So, I don't know. Double feature them and realize that you can blend shit. You can throw anything in a blender, but the product you get after. You never know. Well, as Unfriended told us, you can throw a hand in a blender.
4: Oh, that's right. And then people will <laughs> complain. That's right.
1: So I do. Uh, this is definitely a Clark watch. I, I think you will have fun. Randy, I stay away. Run from this movie. I like the poster. The poster's tight. You know what? I. Why don't you say? not you say run, Randy, run?
2: Oh, Randy. R-R-R. R-R-R.
1: Run, oh, Randy, yeah. run. Randy,
2: check it out. Also, I got to watch another movie uh, that you uh, letterboxed that I've been planning on watching. Pumpkin cool. head, pumpkin head, dude. He's so fucking he tight. Good. What's that? I'm referring to the conference, which. Oh yeah, looks good. Oh, the hey,
1: I'm. Thank you for bringing that up. The conference, I highly recommend that to both of you. Hell yeah, it is the perfect uh middle ground between high and low brow. It is the unibrow. You finished it. Uh, I didn't. So after we were recording last week, if you listened to the end of the podcast, I revealed that I had not finished the movie, and I got and great Clark, enjoyment. Of Clark that. came down. Like how much time do you have left? I was like, oh, forty-five minutes. He was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> but you know what? I wagered. I, I put it all on black, and you know what? I'm all the richer for it. I love it. You know, I love a gambler, dude. It's fucking strong, and I would recommend that to like the uh, the artsy fartsy Frenchman Randy, but I would also recommend it to the uh, sewer boy Terrell. I think both yeah. of you would have incredible time. But also, look at these masks. Dude. It's pretty cool. What What's that remind you of, huh? Uh, Grace and the Misfits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, do either of you remember the movie that's like The Warriors but took place in the 50s? No, oh, I don't. All right, that's the trivia question right now, no? I Because I think... Um, yeah, it's called West Side Story. <laughs> which, there's that in here, too. Course there We're is. dealing with a little bit of the Sharks and the Jets, I think, where the the, gangs, us the gang violence going on in there. Um, yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Yeah, so why don't you say no Randy? It's just, it's, so the... Could be hit or miss. So I gave this, uh, the only review I know how, the only star rating on Letterboxd, I gave it five. And somebody said, hey, I agree with everything you're saying, but there are problems that you can't ignore in this movie. Now, I feel a little conflicted bringing this up, as the two people I've talked to that watched it didn't get this experience. So somebody said there's ADR issues where like the mouth doesn't sync up with the voice at times. Okay, which is one of those things that you may not notice. So it might be there and I didn't see it. Randy would notice. But once you see it, you can't unsee it, yeah. and it will ruin any movie. Can I ask a question?
0: Is it what is something that we can see that we can unsee? Ah, uh,
1: a three-star film, which would be a six-star movie. Three-star no. Three would be film. like seven on the 12-star? I don't know. I think we should have made the 12-star. Oh, already? Mm-hmm. We've gone... We couldn't even make it through October, dude? As every episode, my head hurts even more. Well, people DM me now, they're, they're rating their reviews in 12 stars. so I appreciate it. Keep it coming. Yeah, that's right. I, Forever. The thing is, you almost... 12-star merch coming soon. You gotta be one of those people. You gotta have a pocket constitution, but it's the 12-star uh, converter. <laughs> Just so you know, hey! If there are twelve steps, why can't there be twelve <laughs> stars? All right. Did you want to end on that note? We'll be right back. <laughs> we'll see you on. next week. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, anything no, else? Is nah. that it? No, watch it. And when you watch yeah. it, uh, hit me up and talk to me about it because there's a, there's a lot to uh, to go over here. I just I really don't want to reveal anything. Um. Yeah, okay. I dig it. Twelve star film, excellent uh oksana anything
0: uh any announcements any sort of uh housekeeping for our listeners before we uh cut them loose uh
3: nothing that's not mentioned in the interview on thursday
1: Oh, yeah e- here's the thing too oksana pointed this out and i think clark it's on me and you we got to do better this is one of three films i think that we've reviewed in the past couple weeks that we had a screener for like months ago Yeah, i mean i know i know like
0: that's the thing. It's like, sure, I know. I wouldn't doubt it. It happens, you know.
1: We just gotta d- look at them, I guess.
0: Well, it's uh, 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 some sort of system.
1: The I got stay organized with it because it's just like yeah, you know. Just lay it out in the wild. Well, here's oh. the other thing when when we look here, let, uh, we're gonna uh, pull back the curtain for everybody really quick. There's no upside to watching a screener we don't like because we're like one degree removed, and then it's like, well, I don't want to go in here and give it a bad review. And then, because we're not well, I mean, honestly, a bad review is not, not the worst thing. If it's boring, that's the worst. Yeah, because there's usually an embargo, and then you or don't even remember. It's just confusing. Yeah, normally we're fishing for like an interview when we do like PR stuff. Like we do, <laughs> we do have a Joe Lynch opportunity sitting around in there. But I'm not lying to Ricky this Thursday when I tell him we are more excited to talk to Ricky. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. I know you're a listener. <laughs> I, I hate to do that.
0: Randy. Today's your birthday. Yeah, happy birthday! It is. thank you. So, uh, but that doesn't mean that you're off duty from uh, signing off on every episode. So, uh, please tell our listeners uh, the best uh, farewell you can for this uh, episode three. Four, what? 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 Four sixty seven. What are we? I on? think so you're That right. yeah. yeah. Okay,
2: Randy. Well, I just got to give a uh, shout out slash thank you to uh, listener Sean who dropped off a uh, Smashing Pumpkins Siamese Dream record. Uh, for my birthday so I'll be taking that back with me and uh, you know throwing it on listening to it listening to Smashing Pumpkins all day at my house it's gonna be fun it's your favorite Halloween activity it's true oh which they do in Ricky's movie yeah, which yeah. you'll hear on
0: Thursday so until then Sewer Boys for life
1: oh yeah I gotta end it <laughs> keep that <laughs> Randy, in Randy remember to cut this out